Episode 298, Bonus Edition, Interview with Sam Shields. Hey y'all, welcome to the Empowering Educators Podcast. I am Gretchen, your host and expert lesson learner. I'm a national board certified elementary teacher turned teacher, trainer, and coach. All the lessons I've learned and am learning on my edgy journey, I share with you right here. From every silly mistake to the most glorious successes, you're going to hear stories and strategies that will inspire you to become your best. I have to warn you, as an educator, I can't help but hold you accountable for doing the work. So every episode, I leave you with practical, tangible next steps so you can implement your learning and maximize your impact. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, there's always a lesson if you're willing to pay close attention. Elite educators, that's the secret to staying in power. Bring on today's lesson. Welcome to the Always a Lesson summer interview series. I've asked some very special guests to bring their wisdom to you all throughout May, June, July, and August. Connecting you with other elite educators is one of my favorite parts of this job as a teacher leader and podcaster. The insight that you are going to gain from these conversations is going to prepare you to hit the ground running during the back-to-school season, but more importantly, it is going to reignite your passion and your potential as an educator. Are you ready to level up what you bring to the table and how you serve those you lead? Then buckle up and let's go. Hey, Elite Educators, Gretchen here from Always a Lesson. Excited to empower you today with a guest, a guest I've known for a long time now. We've been able to stay in touch and watch each other's journeys unfold. But she recently shared an announcement on social, and I was like, oh my gosh, I got to get you on the podcast so you could tell everybody all about it. So um, I'm excited to introduce you, my friend Sam. And before you dive into this interview with us, I want to share a little bit more about her with you. Samantha Shields is a product owner at Torch, and prior to Torch, Sam served as an early learning specialist supporting early childhood educators. She's a district instructional coach, a classroom teacher, and a published author. She is passionate about the outcomes that true authentic coaching can deliver for both the student and the teacher success. Sam became a part of the Torch family after they acquired Your Coach's Corner, which was a company she founded and ran for the past several years, and that's how I know her. Okay, it's time to dive into this great interview. I know you're going to absolutely love Sam. Hey, Sam, thanks so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to catch up. We haven't talked in a while, and I know you have some exciting things to share. You've been busy, and I'm excited for the listeners to hear. So let's back up a little bit. Why don't you share how you and I know each other? Yeah, so... Um, in my journey and starting like with my instructional coaching endeavors, where I was developing a platform and writing my own blogs, we came into contact in that way. And then over time, you know, we've been supporting each other in our journeys. And then just recently, um, you came across a couple of posts that I had about a recent book. And so then we were able to reconnect. Yeah. And I was like, I've got to get you on to share all about that. So for folks who might not have come across you before, tell us where did you start in education before you became a coach? So I started as a teacher. So I was a primary elementary school teacher for about seven years. Absolutely loved it. And then 
during that time, I really realized that my love of teaching went beyond just students. And so my first year as a teacher, I had this, it was an interventionist. She was a reading interventionist. She wasn't a coach, but she mimicked the coach and she embodied everything about it. And she is what helped me get through those seven years. And so over time, I just I wanted to be able to do that for other people. And so then I started going back to school for leadership to be able to develop those coaching skills and eventually got my master's and then took the leap of faith and got a coaching job that was about 45 minutes from my home. I was very torn if I should do it. And taking that job is what changed everything. And so I was a coach in that district for about six or seven years. Um, which opened up many doors for me. And so I was going to ask you, why did you say it changed everything? I think because that district had a very good program and way of doing it, it, it allowed me to really figure out the coach that I wanted to be. My first year as a coach was by no means easy. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a very unique situation where I had to overcome basically when you work with leadership that kind of tears you down because of how the system works. Basically, mm-hmm. in that situation, they didn't get to hire me. And so because of that, they took it out on me and made that first year so hard. And it was because of a coaching supervisor that year who coached me and supported me emotionally, you know, and through the process that I stayed. And now I can look back and see that experience as a learning uh, opportunity. And if I could go back and thank them for everything, I kind of would because it shaped who I am. And so everything happened for a reason. Yeah, that's incredible. And so when you had leaders who didn't maybe support you or had wished a different candidate was there, what happened with your mindset to be able to continue to show up every day? put teachers first, put kids first when you felt maybe unwelcome or unwanted? Yeah, it was, it was hard every day with with lots of tears. Um, I think the mindset I had to go back to, why was I there? You know, why did I want to take that leap of faith and take that position? Cause I knew I was given that challenge for a reason. Mm -hmm. Had anybody else been put in that situation, it probably would have broke them because it was hard. And the teachers that I befriended at that campus and the ones that allowed me to kind of be my first guinea pigs in the coaching process, Mm -hmm. um, those were the ones that helped shine the light to help me keep going. They were the ones like we were able to support each other. One of my first teachers that I coached was a brand new first year teacher and I was able to kind of get her out of the trenches and she was able to do the same for me. Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's very memorable. When you think about all the teachers you've worked with over the years, are there characteristics of those teachers that you say like, okay, this person's going to be great. You know, they may not be there yet, but I can tell that they have what it takes And And what would that be? Yeah. I mean, you come across teachers where people, you know, will say things are like, oh, they just can't do it. Right. And that's the challenge for me. I'm like, no, they're just not there yet. And so those characteristics are the teachers that you see staying late, right? Like they're the ones that are really doing everything they can for those 
students that they love. They're dedicated. There's just this resilience about them when it comes to the challenges of teaching, because especially when you're first starting out, it's by no means easy, right? It takes about five years before you actually feel like you got it. So those teachers that really go the extra mile and they seek, they seek out the learning, they seek out the support to keep growing because they want to do better. And so I enjoy working with those teachers because I'm the same, right? We're all learning no matter where you are in your journey. And so being able to go on that journey with them and learn from them is amazing. Yeah. That desire to want to get better when it's intrinsic, like they just want it themselves and makes your job easier because you're not trying to motivate them in addition to helping them grow. Um, and they're just really hungry to keep trying new stuff. And it makes coaching fun because they're ready to take the risks. So I I agree. I think those characteristics uh, really help someone become effective faster. So when you think back to your younger self, whether the, the teacher in you or the coach in you, what advice would you give to that younger version? That's really funny that you asked that. I've actually written a letter to myself. You did? Uh, <laughs> yeah, my younger self. I would have told her to do it all again. I would have, you know, I was on the path since childhood, you know, pretending to be a teacher, reading books to my dolls. Mm-hmm. Um, just the path I took, it all worked out. And that all the experiences that I had as a teacher, like a principal who groomed me to be a coach, like she went with me to Denver um, to see Sweeney, like just different things. Oh, like nice. that. Um, being able to tell her that it's going to be okay. And that the, the coach in me is right there and it comes in many forms. You know, it comes as a friend when I'm coaching just friends and I can use those skills in a variety of settings, you know, I would definitely tell her that that first year as a coach, it's going to be worth it. Cause I almost, I almost was gone. Like if it hadn't been for that coaching supervisor, who was my coach, basically Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have made it. And so being able to tell her that the skills you learned that year is what made you who you are. Yeah. So I think about that all the time. Like, what would I tell my younger self? Just keep going and trust the process. Mm-hmm. It's going to work out. Coming. <laughs> yep. Elite educators, listen in real quick. Did you know that I offer micro PD on the go? It is true. Just download the Teachable app and browse always a lesson. There's over 20 topics to listen to or watch as you work out, drive to work, or whatever else is part of your daily routine. A little PD a day is going to add up, and before you know it, you've transformed into a new level of elite. Let's learn on the go together. Now back to the episode. You mentioned your supervisor being a mentor at the time. Do you have a mentor now that you go to and talk shop or get advice or get direction or perspective? I'll connect with them every once in a while. Um, Right now, I would just say my biggest mentor is just um, a very close former colleague who I recently worked with when I was a pre-K coach. And it's really interesting. She'll tell you when we started working together, we kind of butted heads. But over time, she and I were able to really have mature conversations and talk about how when we did certain things, how it made us feel. And because those conversations took place, we are now closer than ever. And she is the person that I go to when I don't understand something. Um, She's the person I go to when I need that critical feedback. So she's my mentor in that aspect. 
mm-hmm. when it comes to like coaching mentor, that district that I worked as a coach in, I still have a few coach friends that are very close. And so we connect and we talk shop when we need to, um, when I need them to put on their coaching hat for me and walk me through situations, they're there. So I kind of have a few people that I go to. I don't have one set person anymore, but maybe one day. Yeah. (laughs) But I think it, I like to hear how things transform for you. That's kind of the theme I'm getting. And -hmm. you've had people by your side and those relationships have developed and have allowed you to get your mentorship coming back to you rather than you always helping other people. And that's Mm -hmm. really inspiring to just know that you can invest in others and karma hopefully will bring it back to you. But I was going to ask you about you know, not just mentorship, but staying current in the field. I mean, especially with literacy that changes all the time, but, you know, coaching best practices or teaching best practices, they change too. Uh, And curriculum, you know, schools use different things. So how do you stay current on what's happening and making sure you're up to date on what's going on in education? Oh, I am a book nerd. Um, I think every day Amazon is delivering me a new book. Um, You know, I support fellow entrepreneur coaches like yourself, um, in the field. So anytime anybody has a new book, it's like Amazon cart. (laughs) And I love it because it, you get perspectives of people like in the field, people doing the work. And so I stay current by reading, um, different books. Um, I read a lot of blogs from a variety of people. Um, I love just, just staying current and reading for enjoyment, but also reading to learn. And a lot of people, my sisters will make fun of me. They're like, you need to read more fantasy books. But for me reading about, you know, practice and everything and how I can apply that is what brings me joy. And so right now I'm staying current on early childhood, early childhood intervention. I'm also reading a lot of coaching books. Um, but the literacy thing that I've read gobs of books on that because of the whole <laughs> science of reading and everything. Yes. So mm-hmm. I can nerd out in a bunch of directions. <laughs> and I love that you're old school with a book. Like you're not doing the Kindle. You're like, get it yeah. in my hands. <laughs> I have this thing. I highlight a lot in me my too. book. I put sticky notes everywhere. Mm-hmm. So for me, if I'm reading a book online, my little brain will just stray and start thinking about something completely different. Yes. But when I have the book in my hands, I'm able to focus better. I relate so much. So speaking of books, tell me about your new announcement. Yay! Yeah, so my second book was just uh, published. I self-published it myself. It's called Every Educator Speaks Their Own Languages. It's about the unique love languages and appreciation languages of educators. And so it took a while to get this one out. I had to get some licenses and stuff for it, but it finally came out um, and I'm super excited about it. What do you think made you want to put pen to paper, share your knowledge, help somebody else? What was just that, that desire and that passion for you to like, I'm going to be an author. This is going to be part of my story. Yeah. Well, my first book was a children's book. Um, It was called Daisy's Unperfect School Year. And it was, it took place during that, that pandemic time. And, you know, with that book, I was able to see the, the hurt that teachers were enduring Um, support staff, students, just everything. And so as a coach, being able to see from a different perspective, I was able to see what everybody was going through, which, so that's what inspired that first children's book. And then this recent one, it was kind of 
multiple things that inspired it. So at the time I was going through a lot of struggles in my marriage. And so doing a lot of research when it came to love languages by Gary Chapman to really Mm -hmm. understand myself, understand my spouse. Um, And so I kind of became addicted to learning about love languages. And then coincidentally, at that same time as a coach, um, one of my colleague teachers, we were talking about how the morale in school had just gone so far down. You know, people didn't want to come to work. They were just unhappy. We had, um, I had this coaching office, but it was set up in a way that people could almost hide in there. And so there were times that teachers would come in, close the sliding door and just hide and cry just because of the stress of everything. And so during that time, I watched my colleague who was aspiring to be an assistant principal. And as part of her course coursework, she was really trying to help with teacher retention and teacher morale. And so she had sent a survey out to, to kind of piggyback on a book study that the campus did, which was love languages or appreciation love languages in the workplace, something like that. And so we were really doing, trying to figure out everyone's love languages and appreciation languages in the workplace. And so she sent out a survey to find out everybody's information. And then we were trying to figure out how to use that. Like, we got this now, so what do we do? And, you know, watching her go through this process inspired my book, which was about if I know your love language as an educator, how can I speak to you? How can I show you I appreciate you? You know, and maybe that can help with teacher retention. Maybe that can help with teacher morale. And so the theory, the idea behind it is that there's these strategies, these acts that instructional leaders, coaches, or even just peer teachers, anybody who knows an educator can do that will speak to that person so that they can feel loved, heard, and appreciated and valued. Because a lot of the times when you talk to teachers, they don't feel it. You know, they put all this time in, all this effort, but a lot of the times they don't know or see how appreciated they are. And it's not that their instructional leaders don't appreciate them. They absolutely do. But if we're not speaking in the way that that person understands or relates to, they may not see it. And so the book is really to help you, one, figure out yourself, but also if you know your educator's love languages and you've guided them to that love language, um, like an appreciation quiz on Gary Chapman's website, then you're able to figure out how am I going to support my educators? What are some small little acts, small gestures or strategies I can use um, to show them that I value them, that I appreciate them and that they're cared for? And so my hope is that it will help a lot of teachers and educators this coming year to be able to feel better and to be able to communicate with each other effectively. I think that's definitely going to help. I wish I had it when I was coaching in a school building. And I just feel like, man, it's a, it's a shift on something we're familiar with, with love languages. And we never really thought about in the professional setting of how this can help us better reach somebody and say a message in a way that they're going to hear it and show up and support them in the way that they need to feel support. Cause sometimes they can't even verbalize what that is. So this is such a great idea. I'm so glad you did it. What is next for you? You've been teaching and coaching. Now you're an author. What do you see next? 
Well, right now I, so I had a company, your coaches corner. It was a, an organization platform for coaches and that got acquired by my recent um, employer Torch. And so I'm working with them as a product owner and coaching specialist. So really helping them revamp their platform so that it really has features and everything needed for, you know, coaches and those that want to enhance their professional learning environment. And so right now I'm working on that. I started my third book, which has to do with coaching. That one's going to take a process. It's going to take a while. It's going to be a thick one. Um, So that'll be an ongoing project for a while, but yeah, just staying in my, that role. And then I mean, my heart of hearts um, told me that at some point in my life, I wanted to be a coach of coaches. So whether Mm -hmm. that be a supervisor for fellow coaches, so that I could be able to be that mentor, that support person that that supervisor was to me that year, um, that would be a goal to one day be able to supervise or coach coaches. Um, But otherwise, keep writing and keep swimming. Mm-hmm. That all sounds so fabulous. And I'm excited to hear what ends up happening and keep dreaming those big dreams and allowing yourself to give back and use what others have done for you to, to give back to other people. I just love your heart and your passion for showing up and supporting people. So I was so glad to have you on and share your story. But before I let you go, I did want to ask you one more question that I think is something teachers and coaches struggle with. And so I want you to share your best piece of advice, but how do you reignite your passion and your potential as an educator? That is a great question. Um, Yeah. Anytime the fire has almost dwindled out for Mm -hmm. me, (laughs) um, which has happened a lot of times, I just pictured that candle. Yeah. I just reconnect. I try to reconnect with a lot of people that were in my life during the time that I was blossoming, I guess. Mm -hmm. Those times where I'm so low, being able to go back and talk with those people to be able to be like, look at what you achieved, look at who you are, Um, you know, being able to have those people that are there to affirm choices I've made helps bring me back out. Reading reignites me, honestly, because it excites you when you're learning something new and you want to implement it. So for me, that that's what it is. Reading and then, you know, being close to people that know me that are able to bring back and relight that fire when I need it most. I love that. I, I agree. And I, and I'm so thankful that you're able to normalize the fact that yes, you can have a successful career and feel like you can't do it anymore, or you're not as passionate as you once were. And there's light at the end of the tunnel and there are things you can do to bring it back and it can happen multiple times. I think just understanding that there are highs and lows is encouraging and hopefully folks won't give up the first time they feel that. I hope not. Yeah. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be hard times, but persevere through it. You got resilience, get through it. Um, you know, there, there's that Miley Cyrus song. I can't remember the title of it, but it's uh, where she's talking about the, ma- oh, it's called Climb, where she's talking about the mountain. And yeah, um, that over time I hear that song, it reminds me of myself that it's, it's a climb, but you'll get there. So that's such a good analogy. Yes. I, after hearing your story, I agree. I think that that's perfect. That's your theme song. <laughs> <laughs> well, on behalf of elite educators everywhere, thank you for your time. Tell us how to connect with you, how to find your book, all the things. 
Yeah, I'm on Twitter, Instagram. Um, my handle is at Sam Shields Coach. So you can follow me there. My books, the Every Educator Speaks Their Own Languages, that can be found on Amazon, as well as my children's book, Daisy's Unperfect School Year. So yeah, you can connect with me pretty easy. I'm right there. That sounds great. I'll put all this in the show notes so folks can find you. But I just want to say thank you again, Sam. It's it's great to reconnect and to hear how your your journey continues to unfold. Thank you, Gretchen. It was nice being able to be a part of it. All right. We'll chat later. Okay. Bye. All right, y'all. What did you think? Is her journey not only so relatable, but inspiring? All the ups and downs, working through areas where you didn't feel support, but made it all worth it. That investing in other people will always come back and help you learn and grow and develop and watching her journey unfold. And she continues to give putting it into books for kids, putting into books for coaches and teachers, and just giving back. She's just a great soul. So Sam, if you're listening, thank you so much for being a guest. We all are cheering you on. We're so excited for what is next for you. And if y'all need to go purchase her book, which you do, go to alwayslesson.com, click on podcast, you'll find her episode and all the links to connect with her will be there. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Sam Shields. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. (laughs) 